Hello, everybody, and indeed, welcome to another edition of the Chicago Tony V Show. Good morning. Welcome to an episode for Tuesday, April 26, 2022. Good morning, good morning. Today, I, I think I need to tell some farm stories. Yesterday's episode, of course, uh, after the episode, I was heading to the farm to build some fence. Here's the plan. We're making a much, much bigger garden than we've made in the past. And we decided to move it to another uh, another part of the ground. What are we doing now? Two acres? I don't know. It's going to be gigantic. And the whole idea from yesterday was let's let's put up some fence <laughs> let's put up some fence to keep to keep all the critters out of our crops right that's the idea now over the years you, you got to think about the trajectory of my exposure to the uh, to the farm whole farm situation in the beginning way back in the day this all started because I uh, really made friends with uh, the dude that lived across from me in the dorm at Indiana University my, what would that have been? My junior year. Junior year, he was a freshman. The the feller right across the hall from me is, that's whose farm I was on yesterday, right? So in the early days, it was just hearing about the farm. Now me, a Chicago kid, city kid, Silver Spoon, country club living, and all that stuff. It was uh, hearing stories of the farm. It was it was like uh, it was like uh, he may as well have been talking about Mars. And so fast forward, of course. Now, uh, as you guys know, I've I've actually spent a whole lot of time on the farm over the past two seasons. This I think is going to be the biggest because. Because, you know, we're preparing for the zombie apocalypse. We're trying to grow lots of vegetables so that we don't starve. And it's just going to be a bigger operation. So I'm going to be out there much more. I'm super excited. Now, what I've always heard for years and years and years in hearing stories about farm life, on that particular farm at least, what I heard for years is uh, nothing ever goes right. It never goes to plan. Shit breaks. You got to repair stuff. And I always enjoyed those stories. And I think partly I also, something inside of me, I didn't believe those stories. It's like, it couldn't be that. It couldn't be that uh, that bad. Well, yesterday I lived the story and it is hilarious. It is hilarious. The sum game is yesterday I spent, uh, we, we were there six, seven hours at least and got next to nothing done. I'll tell you the sordid story. I want to say hello to some of these VIP pepperonis. Georgie girls in the gold medal position. Good morning, Georgie. Nicely done. The Chicago Tank is on the podium as well. And if I remember correctly, Tank's music homework is uh, the Beatles get back, right? Get back. Get back to where you once belong. Here's Tank's music. Let's see. And in the bronze medal position is Lady Letter Carrier. She doesn't have theme music, which makes me feel bad because she's very worthy. She's lovely. She's the only uh, pepperoni, allegedly, 
uh, who who has met the big diesel in person. Now there there might allegedly be, of course, another uh, big, very important meeting happening in the month of May. It's going to be more than just a, a cup of uh, Denny's coffee, is what I'm betting. Let's see who else is in the house. Well, it's you guys over and over, uh, saying hello to each other. Oh, Amber Glow's in the house. Good morning, Amber. How are you, dear? Good to see you. Did I get that right, Tank? Uh, oh, that was with Billy Preston, wasn't it? Billy Preston's career, Billy Preston played on Get Back. He has such an interesting career because he, he played with so many, he played with Ray Charles. He, uh, of course, had a tremendous solo career, played on a lot of the Beatles stuff. Interesting dude. Uh-oh, I'm froze. Lady, tell me if, if we unfroze. Sankyu's in the house. Good morning, Sankyu. Good to see you. So as I was saying, <laughs> yesterday was a lovely, lovely day. Oh, lady says, are you going to learn how to home can or preserve all those vegetables you were growing? I already have learned it, lady. I've done a whole lot of canning. Uh, first year we did the garden, we did so much canning. It was insane. Canned a lot of tomato sauce, whole lot of stuff, beets. What else did we can? I mean, we canned uh, potatoes. I mean, we just canned a bunch of stuff. So yeah, already been there. Amber says I'm good. I'm not locked up. That's good. Tank says that uh, Billy Preston did so well. The Beatles put his name uh, on that tune as a collaboration. Yeah, Preston was gifted. No doubt about it. So first of all, I'm going to tell you. The dogs are barking. I'm sore. I need I need massive quantities of Ben Gay. I uh, I am I am not in shape to be a farmer. This is clear. I knew that going in. I was very fearful to be honest. And uh, I was texting I was texting some people from the farm because you know you guys you guys know I was there to build fence and all that stuff. And uh, I texted. Uh, one or two people saying, uh, yeah, I'm already totally spent and we haven't even started the fence yet. So let, let's see if I can remember. Here's here's what here's what happened. What a day. So the first thing is we got there and there was a little a project, kind of one of these. Hey, would you do this first before you do what you came here to do? Right. Fine. No problem. No problem. Oh, Tiger Balm, says Georgie. That's going to help my muscles. Tiger Balm. Where do they sell that? Where do I get that, dear? Good morning to Salty. So we get, we were given this, this project, okay, which, how do I describe it? What was it? Well, there were a bunch of uh, gigantic logs out back behind the shop. Huge logs. And the project was uh, take all the bark off these logs I think I think he's gonna be milling them or something. I, I guess I don't really know. I never thought to ask, but the project was take these gigantic log, logs, get all the bark off of them, let's put it in a pile, 
and let's burn it. And then also there was a bunch of, uh, there was a bunch of other shit right out in the country. They just, they burn their trash, you know? So it was like a trash pile plus all sorts of, uh, bark from these logs, make a gigantic pile, set it on fire. Well, it turns out the, uh, bark getting bark off a tree right it doesn't all come off uniformly and all that stuff you got little shards all over the place so this project ended up really being a lot of bending over picking up a lot of squatting a lot of go pick up some more bark go bring it back go i mean so i don't know what did i i probably got my ten thousand steps just that in that little project and then we did set the thing on fire while we were still picking up bark and everything. So that became, you had this very, very smoky, because Lord knows what was in there. I know there was, they did say to me at one point, they said, uh, there's a lot of styrofoam in there. So try not to inhale. <laughs> and when a farmer tells you that uh, your health is in danger, you know it's serious, right? Because normally those guys... 90% of the dangerous shit, they just don't even mention it. It's the very worst 10%, I guess, that they say stuff about. So, basically, um, basically, uh, I had to then do this uh, holding my breath because all the, it turns out, all this uh, bark that we were picking up, it was, the wind was blowing the smoke that way, so... I felt like some sort of Olympic swimmer or something. I don't know. I had to do all this work holding my breath. And uh, so we got through that. But that took a long time. So that's how, that's the first thing where it's like, oh my God, I was spent after that. Spent. It was hard. It was hard work. That was, we did that for like an hour. Now, one of, the, one of the things I've learned, and yesterday was no different, I have learned that the unspoken code is you don't let them see you sweat, right? What you want to do, what I, what I decided is uh, I, I, I want to keep the respect of these guys. So I can't be, I have to work harder than at least one of the two. Now, you know, one of the guys is, he's 80 years old and he broke his neck a couple of months ago, so... That's kind of a given. Yes, I did work harder than him, but that, but I kind of, I felt like I needed to at least keep up or surpass because I just don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. I want them to respect, respect me out in that setting. So I just, I kept pushing myself, pushing myself. It was, it was rough. That is a low bar, Salty. You're correct. By the way, Tank says some, someone stole a Bambalance in, in uh, Chicago. And there was a chase? That's some bullshit. I will say, it can't be very difficult for a cop car to catch up to a Bambalance, right? Unless it was one of these teeny tiny things, but still. So it's not like there was ever... Uh, hopefully the guy... Did the guy at least run his lights as he was trying to evade the police? Anyway, what I'm saying is I was super spent. All right, and then... I did get to mess around with the new tractor for a while. There was, there's some, I think I put a picture up on the uh, pepperoni discord. 
of me on that tractor. I'm not in many of the pictures because I was the guy taking the pictures, you know, so. No lights, huh? Welcome to the show, Bob is a sponge. Says, what do you think about Karen's? Well, I had an Aunt Karen that I didn't like very much. And then there was this, uh, I went to college with this, my freshman year, there was a Karen there. She was a ballet dancer. I thought very highly of her, if you know what I mean. Anyway, what did we do then? Then it's like, okay, now it's time to build the fence, right? So we just kind of, we kind of mapped it out. And the first thing, now we moved some of these logs with the tractor and then um, the first thing we figured out is, oh, we put those logs right in the path of where we're putting the fence. That wasn't very smart. But uh, <clears throat> now that the new tractor is very small and we needed, uh, we needed more horsepower. So it was time to pull out the uh, Massey Ferguson from whatever the, I don't know. I don't know how old this thing, did I post any pictures of that to the Discord? I can't remember if I did or not. Ancient. Ancient. But it was so cool to get that thing running. Now, the first thing, we knew we had to uh, we had to put some uh, steering fluid in it, right? Because she lost her uh, power steering, right? She's very, very old. Very old. And... Uh, so uh, the guy takes off the cap to the to the reservoir where we're gonna put this uh, steering fluid in it, <laughs> and the thing dropped, fell on the, the he he lost hold of the cap right some little metal screw thing and it fell on the ground. All right, you think you would think well no problem. You guys, we could not find. We were on the ground, feeling around. We could not find the cap that just that had just fallen. It just fell on the ground. And I'm not kidding. We <laughs> we were on the ground for 45 minutes. No joke. It fell right there. We were on the ground. Could not find it. We pulled out a, me a metal detector. That's how serious it got. We pulled out a metal detector and the thing detected everything except that cap that we needed. And uh, so I didn't post a picture of the uh, the Massey, Massey Ferguson. I'll do that. I'll do that after the show. It's a beautiful machine. It sounded, it sounded great. And it worked for absolute shit. Anyway, we got out the metal detector and it kept finding things from like the 1890s. Some sort of, it would find fucking buried old shards of parts. We could, we never did find the cap. Oh, oh, I did post a picture of the uh, Massey. Yeah, that's the one that had the auger on the back of it. That was the Massey. So I did post a picture. Anyway, so the guy uh, finally, he leaves for a while. It's like, what the hell are we going to do? You can't, we got to put a cap on this thing. He comes back with like a, he just found a stick and he starts whittling a stick to the, to the right diameter to shove in the hole. 
It was so funny. So I was on my hands and knees in the mud. It was it was very wet ground. I mean, for almost an hour. Then then the guy just shoves, pounds some stick into it. It's like, it's good as new, you know? After, of course, putting the fluid in. Tank says, I'm a city boy. Everything is a tractor. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I feel. But I'm, I'm learning a little bit. I'm getting there. See, we were... So then... So salty says an auger equals smart man's post hole digger. Yeah, that's that's. But we we have fast forwarded. We first um, we're gonna get uh, the first plan was uh, I can't remember the terminology, but but some old coot down the road had a freaking uh, pile driver thing. So we were gonna pound the posts, the corner posts in, right? So we had to, the first thing we had to do is go down to this other guy's farm, right? And go get that pile driver thing. Salty, you know what it's, you know what that's called? That machine is called? Maybe it's a pile driver. I probably not. Tamper? I don't know. That doesn't sound right, but maybe. Thank you. Tank says my post hole diggers are people that I contact to put my fence up. <laughs> They could use a spoon for for all I care. <laughs> you know, we were almost to that point. I'll get there. So we 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 get to some old coot down the road, you know, twisty, turny, beautiful countryside. So we had to... So our old guy drove that Massey over this other farm. We followed him in a uh, Ford pick-em-up truck. And uh, so we get to this other farm. And everything... What I love about the country, of course, is... Uh, you know, they make do with every like nothing. Uh, basically, it's all junk, right? But it's still usable, supposedly. T-post slamming tool. I'll take that salty. Uh, Mr. Fluffles Jr. says, maybe the cap was stuck in the tractor frame or engine. I wondered about that, and I kind of looked around a little bit. <clears throat> now... Our, what's interesting is our old guy, the broken neck guy, he said, he said, I saw it fall on the ground. He said he saw it hit the ground. Now, he actually has only one eye, one good eye, but supposedly he saw it with that eye. And uh, so I, but I, I'm with you. I'm with, with you, Mr. Fluffles. I looked around. I thought, is it? Hell, we even checked the old guy's pockets. It's like, did it fall in his pocket, maybe? Nothing. But uh, now we're at this other farm. We're getting the post-rammer tea thing. And uh, that's when I got to learn, well, all this hydraulic shit on the back to the back of the old Massey uh, is not really cooperating. So we fucked with that. That post hole thing was sitting on a guy's corner post at at this other old codger's farm. <laughs> that is the quote of the day. I'm with, with you, Mr. Fluffles. <laughs> that is a funny quote, isn't it? So we spent, uh, we were at that farm. We, we spent, uh, let's say, almost an hour trying to get that sucker hooked up to the Massey, right? You had to back up to it. You had to, you know, stick the pins in and all that shit. And then we couldn't, then the hydraulics on the back 
wouldn't work. So now it's like, okay, let's drive back to our farm. Let's go find some hydraulic fluid. Lord knows where it is and all that shit. So then we had a like an Easter egg hunt back there. And uh get it get it back to the to the Massey, get her all filled up. No dice. Well it seemed to work. <clears throat> unfortunately we got it off the post. We actually got it off the post. So some of the hydraulics kind of worked, but uh they weren't very strong, and basically, we fucking dropped the thing on the uh, on the ground. And really, we probably spent two hours there just simply trying to get the guy's post hole thingy put back up on the fence. <laughs> we determined we can't we can't use this thing because our tractor's a hunk of shit, and we couldn't even get it back up on the post. It's hard to you can't be convinced that we could drive posts. When you can't even get the damn thing set up on a post to put it back. So we burned like two hours there fucking around with this thing. Now, let's see. This is interesting. Lady says, so basically Tony got to rest for a while after the bark bark uh, work to rest his muscles. See, this is actually where you were wrong because... Because, uh, I mean, I'm it's not like it's not like these old guys are just sitting there thinking about the problem right just thinking it's like no no there's a whole lot of doing and trying things and so i was climbing all over that tractor changing out hoses and uh you know we were hammering shit and we were cranking shit and it was just it seems like there's nothing going on but but there was there was stuff going on. <laughs> Tank needs a luau because he needs a post pounder. You are you are the post pounder, Tank. You just need a receptacle. According to Granger, it's a hydraulic post pounder. That sounds about right, Georgie. Thank you, dear, for looking that up. Anyway, it was fun because to see this thing, this shit start to fall apart, right? So the post powder thing, that was a, well, we lost the cap. We burned whatever, an hour on that. Then we burned like two hours on this pulse post pounder debacle, right? Then we got the Massey back to the farm. Then it's like, okay, let's get that auger on there. That was our plan B. So we got the auger on the thing and there was some some part was uh, bent on it and uh, and old guy was trying to straighten it out. Well, he broke a bolt. That was the next problem, right? So now we got to replace a bolt and we got to take the part off and we got to put it in a vise and try and straighten it there. Well, that didn't work. Then then the picture on the on the uh, Discord was uh, old broken neck guy pounding, pounding it on a whatever a vise to try and straighten that piece of metal out. <laughs> This shit took forever. Then we replaced the the screw in the thing. Then we broke a broke a pin. Well, that's no problem. You just got to go get wire. What finally um, what finally hosed us was uh, we got that auger on, and we got it. We needed to get some ninety weight Earl into that joint and everything. It was bone dry. 
one of the things I learned on the farm is if you want to check oil, just shove a stick down there. <laughs> you want to check your gas level, shove a stick in it. And uh, we had no no oil. That's what finally did us in. We stopped on the oil thing. Now again, the physical stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, that auger weighed. I can't even tell you. I'm sure I got nine hernias trying to lift that thing, and uh, getting it hooked up and everything. It was just a bunch of manual labor. What a mess. And it was just kind of, I had to really chuckle that finally the thing that killed us is we had no fucking oil for this, this thing. And that's where we stopped. Now, then we switched to, we did some shit with, uh, he's got a hothouse and we moved some plants around. We did, you got some, we have a bunch of nice looking starter plants, but not a stitch of fence ever happened. It was hilarious. Sankyu says, at the end of the day, you enjoyed a few Miller Lights and, and uh, cheered a job well done. Uh, no Miller Lights, just because I'm not much of a drinker. I had a bubbly water when I got home, I'll tell you that. Oh, man. Bubbly water, a hot bath. I won't post that picture to the uh, Discord. But uh, i tell you what. I slept like a freaking baby last night. It was glorious. Boy, did I sleep hard. Georgie says, nine hernias. I don't think that's how the male anatomy works. I don't know. All I know is just... Uh, it did not feel right to be lifting that, that... That big auger attachment. You know, caked in uh, three inches of rust. Everything, everything on that countryside is just... It's just all filled with rust. <laughs> Tank says a Sudsy Don may bring the ladies. I don't know. I think I think the romance ship has sailed. I and I'm I'm actually fine with it. You know, makes life simple. It's not all bad. But uh, I'll tell you another thing I, I discovered on the farm to or here I'm get, I'm starting to get a sense. Now here I am, here I am a guy that wants to move, you know. I'm I'm looking I'm looking for land out there. It's proving to be very difficult. Um I don't fit in. <laughs> I mean, I these these people I'm sure can spot me from a mile away. That dude doesn't belong here. And uh, what I've come to understand is they don't really, uh, although obviously this family that I have a relationship with, it's, we're very, very close and it's awesome. But I think if not for that, it would be very difficult to move out there because I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb. I don't know shit. Just to give you an idea, when we were at, at that, old, that other old codger's farm, right, trying to get that pulse pounder thing debacle taken care of there was a some little farm kid wandered in I, I'm gonna say this kid was 15 tops right and 
this kid climbed all over the thing, was messing with hoses like he like he he had been there a thousand times. Like he knew what he was doing. And it was just such a stark contrast. You know, I don't know shit. So if shit ever really hits the fan and I need to I need to hit the country, I, I I'm just gonna have to really turn up the charm. Lease the land, says lady, and, uh, oh, buy the land and lease it to some farmer to work it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, a lot of people seem to do that. Could be. Could very well be. Got a point there. Hey, 728, I was a little late on the mailbag yesterday. Maybe I should dive right in. Hey, any anyone, if you want to send a letter to the show, we love it. The email address is chicagotonyv at gmail.com. It's right up there on the screen for you Reddit viewers. Um, send in a letter. It's fun. We'll do it. Yeah, Tank, it's funny. I've actually, Tank has said in the past, like, he doesn't need to grow shit because he has a gun. Here, I was actually thinking about you yesterday, Tank, and that whole scenario... Have you ever thought about if if the plan is like I'm just going to be a bandit, right, and just steal what I need? What if the person you're stealing from is also armed and maybe concealing or whatever? It seems like that could really backfire. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Just a thought. All right, let's see what's in the mailbag. Okay, first letter. Dear Tony, love the show. Do you think the Squid Game on Netflix was a precursor to what the Chinese people are enduring right now? It seems that somehow life is imitating art and the Chinese are trapped in a deadly dystopia right now. Uh, this is from Rick P. from Glendale, California. Uh, right. You know, that's an interesting thought. The Squid Game. I loved the Squid Game, uh, yet I found it very disturbing. I loved the Squid Game, but it was very disturbing. I like dystopian shit, for better or worse. Um, and but that's an interesting connection. I mean, of course, the Squid Game was uh, that was supposedly Japanese, right? Or was it Korean? Was it South Korea? Those people, anyway, it was Asian people. And uh, the Chinese in real life seem to be, from what I can tell, from what I'm seeing coming out of China, it seems to be a bit of a life or death thing. Or, you know, a lot of them are uh, uh, locked into their apartments, etc. And it seems like they're not they're not getting a whole lot to eat. Um, from what I understand, they have uh, they 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 have very advanced technology to uh, track everybody. It was Korean, hey Georgie. Good to know. Anyway, uh, I saw I saw a video of a, a guy flew a drone out of his window and and uh, caught a uh, with a fishing line attached. He caught a fish from a koi pond and flew it back to his apartment window. Um, we're talking uh, some pretty intense levels of hunger. Now here's the thing. 
that I just don't know what to make of. I I just so little comes out of China. It feels like. Um, I remember in 2020, you know, the videos of people getting uh, 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 welded into their into their apartment buildings and shit, and then people falling over dead in the streets. You guys remember those videos? And it was like a precursor to this wave going around the globe. And so I'm I'm nervous in that respect with these latest videos um <laughs> takes says, you mean communism doesn't work <laughs> yeah go figure right anyway i don't i don't know what to make why are all these videos coming out when they seem to uh, be able to control very well what comes out of china so i don't understand it all but it's like it's almost like part of me is like okay why why they it's like they want us to see these videos it's very strange Anyway, maybe maybe uh, Chinese leadership saw the Squid Game and really enjoyed it. And they're like, hey, let's do a real live one. And maybe they're taking bets on who survives, just like in the Squid Game. In my in my uh, worrying about fitting in in the country, Ode says uh, you should be good as long as you don't need a fence. Right. Hey, Bob, 99-0-0-0-9-9-9. Uh, it says I look like uh, Jackie Gleason. Welcome to the show. Let's see. Let's get another letter. What's another letter that someone has sent? Okay. Mr. Chicago, I have an Illinois question. Is there a political difference in Illinois between the Chicago area people and the rural area people? I always wondered how a big farming state like Illinois could go blue over and over. Do you know what I mean? Uh, this is from Roger S. That's a very astute, uh, uh, or whatever, hunch, right? Because I think that is true. Now, I, I haven't been, um, I haven't lived in the area for over 20 years. So, but I don't think things have changed very much. And I would say Illinois. Now, why would you want an answer to this question? I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you love politics or something. See, lady says, absolutely, it's different. And that's what I was going to say. Um, yes, the I think the 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 blueness of Illinois, most of it is in the Chicago area. And then I do think that kind of the farming communities, they strike me as being um, very conservative and stuff. And I do think that there's a little bit of animosity between the two sides. It feels like that's what I've noticed. Um. Oh, oh, back to our China thing. Ode says, nothing comes out of China. They don't want you to see. It's all propaganda. Right. Right. That's so. Then the question is, my question is, why do they want us to see that? You know, cats in in uh, in uh, laundry bags and shit. It was very disturbing. <clears throat> Tank says, uh, yes, everyone in Chicago is a Democrat, even the Republicans. <laughs> there we go. Every alderman is a Democrat, regardless of views. Downstate is always red. Yep. I guess, you know, in a certain way, that tells you, I mean, how densely populated the, the Chicago area is. If you look at a map of Illinois, I mean, Illinois is is not all about Chicago, but just that, that power 
you know. It affects the whole state. It is a bit bigger population in the city for sure. I think it's probably not just Illinois. There have to be other states that have these big cities that just kind of run differently than the rest of the state. That has to be a real pisser. I can see how that would bother some people. Let's see what else we have in the way of questions. Dear Tony, in a romantic situation that is progressing toward long-term, do you think that it is important to find out where your partner is on wanting to raise children? Can you think of a reason a man would not be open to discussing this? This is from Elizabeth from Louisville, Kentucky. Hmm. Do I think it's important in a romantic situation that is progressing to find out where your partner is in wanting to raise children? Yeah. I would say it's even more important if you're in your childbearing years. If you're past that, not so important. State of Virginia is like that, eh, Georgie? Pennsylvania? Mm. Michigan? Yeah. Anyway, I think this is a self-evident question, right? Of course. I mean, especially, so Elizabeth is a lady who sounds like maybe she wants to raise a family and her fella just doesn't even want to talk about it. I would say this is a bit of a red flag. Oates says, just tell him you can't have kids and then get pregnant. Hmm. Right. I mean, if she really wants kids, that is probably a pretty good way to have kids and then at least have 50-50 uh, custody after the marriage splits apart. Tank says, Elizabeth, maybe you're crazy and he doesn't want to be locked into you for 18 years. I mean, it could very well be. She doesn't even have to be crazy. Maybe he's just wired that way. Maybe he's not interested. Maybe he's not that into her. And so the fact that he doesn't want to talk about it is maybe all the info she needs, right? If she really, I remember I used to, I used to know a really cute gal way back in the day. And she was like, she wanted kids so bad. She would just tell everyone the hell was her name i can't remember her name i remember her voice and i remember her uh anyway she would tell everyone i want babies <laughs> it's like okay so i think it's maybe a red flag that her fella doesn't want to talk about it georgie says if he's not open to discussing it he's not uh he's got something to hide or he's not already for commitment. Yeah. I think this is a red flag. If she... I mean... You gotta talk about it. You can't... Don't assume... When you're in a relationship. I mean... This is serious shit. Don't assume. Okay? Good luck, Elizabeth. Alright, let's see what's next. 739. Ooh, a long letter. Big Diesel, my 10-year-old boy and I were fishing the other day and he got a hook caught in his forearm pretty good he was pretty upset but i got him calmed down quick and he dealt with the situation when we got home he of course reported the adventure to his mom right away 
His mom asked him, did you cry? And he responded, no, I took it like a man. Attaboy. Uh, To my surprise, she looked visibly frustrated and gave me a stare with quite the evil eye. Sure enough, she approached me later, complaining that I am seeding his brain with toxic masculinity ideas. Like, what the actual fuck? I can't figure out. Would she prefer that he be a weepy snowflake instead? I got the cold shoulder from her for two days on that one. Am I missing something or is this bullshit? This is from Ferdinand S. Ferdinand, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Now, wait a minute. All right, I need some clarification from Georgie here. She says, Jesus, that's fucked up. It's okay to cry. So it's fucked up that that's the way the kid thinks. I took it like a man. I sucked it up. I need some clarification, please. I I need to know where you're coming from because I, 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 I I'm not I don't know about this. I mean I agree it's okay to cry. That's fine, especially when you get a fucking fish hook stuck in your damned arm. Yeah. Oh, Robo Kitty's in the house. Good morning, Robo. Um, she didn't talk to you for two days, says Tank. Sounds like you won. Jab another hook in him. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant, Tank. See, here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing. Now, this is subtle, so I want I want you to follow me. All right? Try and, try and get what I'm saying. I'm going to make a subtle point here. All right. So, I'm going to give you two parental responses, two imagined parental responses. Okay? Again, let's use the fish hook thing, right? So, the kid gets, gets a fish hook in his in his shit in his arm and uh, he's a 10 year old kid yeah you're gonna cry that's totally normal now here's here's one reaction okay the dad looks at the kid and said now shut up you're fine shut up suck it up stop crying right option number two same thing. Kid gets the hook in his arm. And the dad says, Okay, you're okay. Let's deal with it. You're okay. I would argue that in both instances, he's kind of telling the kid, like, stop crying. It's gonna be it's gonna be okay. But I think they're actually two very different approaches. Now, if I agree, if a kid is told don't don't cry you're a wimp or whatever yeah that's bad that's dumb but i i i would contend 
that uh, we we can't we can't get ourselves to a point. I wonder if Georgie has turned off already. We can't get ourselves to a point where uh, you. I mean, I mean, you do you do need to suck it up. You do, you do, and you need to learn this skill. And a kid needs to learn this stuff, right? You know, I'm not saying don't show emotion and all that stuff. It's subtle. Maybe I'm not making sense. But I I, I think uh, Tank says, if the kid was crying, I would bet the mother would have said stop crying. Okay, here's the Georgie response. I'm so scared to even read this. Okay, let's see what she says. Um, Take it like a man, man up. Those are fucked up things to drill into a kid's head. And they have long-lasting negative impacts on men's mental health. Well, let me let me float another idea here. Actually, okay, so this similar thing, almost this very situation happened to me when I was a kid. Uh, well, it, only it didn't happen to me. Let me explain. I went, uh, when we were kids... I have two brothers. So my grandpa would take each of us. I think it was when we were in. Shit, I can't remember. But around 10 years old, he would take us for a week. We got to hang out with grandpa and he was he was a great uh, outdoorsman and stuff. And he uh, at least the week I was with him, it was awesome. He took me fishing several days. Well, now one of those days I caught a hook in his forearm. Believe it or not. I was I had a had a bite and I yanked the thing and the lure came flying through the air and it got him right in the forearm. Now he I remember he went he made it sound he went, oh and I was just like oh shit I was just thinking this is horrible. And uh and he that's the only sound he made. He gathered himself, he got his pliers. And I know, I know damn well that it hurt like hell, I'm sure. And I saw him yank that hook out of his forearm. I'm sure that sucked. But he didn't cry. He didn't, he didn't whatever. And so my, what I'm saying is, you can, it, 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 when a kid says, I took it like a man. Well, I mean, obviously he's heard that phrase somewhere. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's heard it in the context of, uh, uh, you know, stop crying, you little, you know, like someone being a dick to him. Like I saw my grandpa's reaction to the, the hook in his arm. And I just noticed, oh, dude didn't cry. That's pretty ballsy. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Let's see, Mr. Hammer. I think I would have less suicidal thoughts if I wasn't told those phrases growing up. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm I'm not I I, I totally agree that that uh, kids shouldn't be pestered in that way. I totally agree and belittled and stuff. Your feelings are your feelings. So that's not what I'm saying. I what I'm trying to say though is like there's there's still a one way or another we do need to learn over time. You know, (laughs) 
Oh, Georgie, geez, Louise. All right, let me get to a next letter. Dear Tony, what are you growing in the garden this year? Do you have any advice for someone with a fairly tiny backyard? Uh, what grows well if you don't have much space? This is from Kelly P. Uh, man, so what? This year I'm growing lots of stuff. Potatoes, onions, lettuce, corn, uh, melons, squash, all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a really, really, really big garden. And full disclosure, I'm not, I shouldn't be giving garden gardening advice to anyone, but I have done some of it. A tiny backyard. Um, I mean, I don't, the size of, I mean, um, the size of your yard doesn't, I mean, you should grow less if you have a small yard, but you just want sun, right? What's sun? Uh, what I really like, it sounds like maybe you're, um, maybe you are uh, a beginner. It sounds like Tr what I really like is uh, you can grow stuff in buckets. They, they, in the restaurant industry, and you can get these at uh, like Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff. There's a, they have food grade buckets. I think they're like five gallon buckets. Um, I've had really good luck growing stuff in five gallon buckets. You drill some holes, you look it up on YouTube. It's, it's, um, it's totally doable. It's very easy. What's great about the buckets too is like, let's say a storm's coming, a really bad storm, and it's gonna knock over your plants and stuff. You can just lift them up and go carry them in the garage for a while. Move them around, you can move them around to sunlight and everything. Go search YouTube and look at uh, gardening in five gallon buckets. It'll change your life. I've grown potatoes. The biggest thing, I grew a ton of potatoes. I've grown carrots in those. Um, tomatoes, lots and lots and lots of tomatoes. Romas, cherry tomatoes. I've grown all sorts of stuff in buckets. Georgie, I love you too. I, just to insert myself into the little thing on the... I hope it's clear I love you. All right. Um, next letter. Let's see. Hey, Tony, I can't believe how much life has changed in the past couple of years. I know the flu deal is an obvious historical event, but I just feel like there is something more that is out of whack. Like most of my friendships have changed over the past couple of years. Some people are just very different and some people have disappeared from my life. I also think everyone is either in a bad mood or just very distant. Like what is going on? This is from Ella G. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I resonate with that. Like I can say in my case, like my <clears throat> my life has changed uh, unbelievably. I think it's because, I, in my case, it, it, for me, it seems like it's a whole lot of the flu deal. It changed my entire routine. I used to go to Studio A and uh, every day and be around, you know, a bunch of other people that I worked with and stuff like that. And uh, I just, I'm just, I'm here all the time now, which I don't think is healthy. So for me, I think the uh, the flu deal played a big part in that. 
Um, and and I so so I personally look to that as like a big watershed event. Now, if the question is, are there other things going on? I mean, yeah, there are a whole lot of other things. I think we're at the end of a of an ec economic cycle that's been very very good for a long time, and I think it's. Um, about to be, I think the, the party's over sometime soon. I don't know exactly when, but, um, I think that things are getting very squirrely in that regard. Uh, I think that has people on edge. Um, there's also another thing I, I wish I, I need to study this so I can retrieve it, but you know, there was a law that changed in America. Um, I think it was under Obama. The Obama administration, and again, I'm I'm gonna forget the law. But oddly enough, there was a um, there was a law that forbade uh, propaganda in America, and that actually was changed to essentially allow it, like it made it okay. Believe it or not, I wish I could remember what it was, but uh, I think we see. You have to wonder why 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 did they feel uh, the need to make that change what sane what sane government would ever do that um georgie said yep i have very dear friends family really who are dealing with this bullshit decades later i hope you're in a better oh sorry this this is back to the uh hook in the arm person yeah sometimes there's a little side conversation and i don't have I don't have the time to really dive into the, uh, I don't have time to dive into the comments. So I'm out of the loop. What the hell was I talking about? Anyway, so there's a lot going on. It's a time of change. The times they are changing. That's what Bob Dylan told me. But anyway, yeah, I felt uh, shit. I could have. If I had a cough, a cup of coffee with Ella G and and uh, she was telling me all this shit that's in the letter, I'd be like, yeah, I kind of feel it too. It's just times are weird. Feels like to me. Seven fifty four. Let's see what else we got. Dear Tony, my girlfriend and I have been together for a year. It started out as just a good friendship and grew into a relationship. After a while, I'm confused in one way. I think things are going great and I pretty much enjoy her company and everything. But in another way, I just keep having this feeling that something is off. It's almost like an instinct. I get the feeling that she isn't that into me and maybe I'm just a convenience because I always pay for things and am generally very supportive. How can I tell if my instincts are accurate or if this is just in my head? This is from Donnie from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, interesting. I, one thing I wish, um, one thing that I wish Donnie would have explained in the letter, I can see why he would omit it, but one thing I wish he would have explained is, does he has he felt this way in other relationships too? Like, is this a pattern? Because maybe he's just wired to be kind of neurotic like that, maybe. So if that's the case, I would say, uh, you know, Donnie, that's just the way you're wired and you, 
Donnie, here you go again. You got to reel it in. That's just what you think. Chill out. But then, um, on the other hand, I'm a big believer in uh, you have to go with your gut feeling, your instinct. You know, I think oftentimes if you're your spidey sense is telling you something, then it's pro it's probably accurate. I hate to say. Tank says, Donnie, sounds like you're uncomfortable with being happy with this one. You're happy and roll with it. Interesting. Yeah. It's a tough one because, I mean, if it seems like everything's fine. But then can we really say it seems like everything's fine if he's like, I have this hunch. I don't know, man. It's a tough one. Is that, could you maybe check in with your girlfriend? Like, for me personally, that's usually, that's not how I roll. I feel like if I have to check in with someone and say, hey, I just want to make sure, are we cool? Is everything is everything good? Then if I have to do that, that's already a bad sign. But that's just me. Tank says, if something is fucked, it'll come out. Now, this is true. This is true. Yeah, so in a certain sense, yeah, I believe with that. It's like, don't, you you don't have to, I mean, who cares? It's gonna, don't worry about it. Like, the truth will be revealed. More will be revealed over time. However, the problem is, if you're in a relationship, you don't want to waste, if it's not good, if it's not meant to be, you don't want to waste more time with it. I don't know. It's tough. I feel for Donnie. I think this is a tough, it's a tough thing. If you have this nagging feeling, because that, if you're in a relationship, you want it, you know, you want it to be awesome. It's just like every anything else. Okay, uh, next letter. Let's see. It's oh, seven fifty-eight. Holy shit! Maybe last letter. Not maybe. I got stuff to do. Dear Tony, I'm trying to decide what direction to take with my education. I've asked around to my family and friends, a couple of teachers, and now I want to get your take. <laughs> Save the best for last day. Eh? I'm quite interested in mechanical things and I think I would be a good engineer of some sort, but I am also very interested in history. I will only get one chance at a college experience and an education. Given that, which should I study in college, engineering or history? I know I haven't given you much, but I want to hear your thoughts. Thank you. This is from Kyle S. Well, what a uh, what a pleasant uh, young fella Kyle S is. I have I mean I mean uh, you know this kid this kid is gonna go places I think not not because he wrote into my dumb show but just because I think probably most kids that are going to be going to college they're not thinking it through. So good for you, Kyle. I actually have, for me personally, I have a very uh, specific answer. You should uh, get an engineering degree, and here's why. Here's why I say that. Oh, Tank says it too. Go for engineering. Read history books later. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, if you... Um, get a history degree in college, you still will not have learned history, <laughs> unfortunately, right? I'm a believer. This is just my opinion, my opinion. 
First of all, um, an understanding of history is a lifelong pursuit. It is a lifelong pursuit. And my, my feeling also is it must be self-directed, partly because this is how you're going to, um, uh, you're going to be guided by what interests you, right? And so you're just going to be much more into it. Um, lady also says, take engineering, then do history as an elective. Oh, that's interesting. Now, here's the thing. Um, history, again, my opinion, take it with a grain of salt. You're not really going to know history unless you, until, until you study, uh, the, uh, uh, original doc, source documents, right? As much as possible. In other words, what I'm saying is right. Reading textbooks on history, um, is a lot less valuable and is, is you, you get, you get way further from the objective reality of the past, the more you kind of get in textbook form and that sort of thing. You want to immerse yourself in original documents as much as possible if you really want to um, learn history. And again, this is a lifelong pursuit, lifelong pursuit. Very, very good, important one. You, it, hell, you know, I have, I have uh, investor friends, for example. The best ones, they're always... Um, huge students of history, always. I was just talking to a guy yesterday of, about, or not yesterday, the other, I was at the farm yesterday, the other day, about, um, you know, what's coming financially. And this guy knew all sorts of angles and ins and outs about um, the uh, crash of 1929. Call from a lady letter carrier. Lady letter carrier, what's going on, dear? I I know you wanted to go, and I just wanted to pipe in on this one because um, the most the best history classes I ever took for fun were in college. One was um, all about Chicago, and one was um, something Germany under Hitler. And honest to goodness. I learned so much in those two classes, and they were just electives. And I just wanted to say, too, I was looking at uh, going on a separate career just recently, and um, they were looking, uh, the government was looking for a historian to work in D.C., and it was a six-figure salary, but you had to have a history major, and um, it, it was like, like working with all the um, national historic places. And I had I finished with the history part, I would have so much enjoyed to do that job. But stick with the engineering, whoever the letter writer is. Do your electives for history and um, don't look back. Tremendous. Tremendous, dear. That's a very good point. You can – electives yep. allow – that's how – I studied uh, Spanish with electives. I wanted to learn Spanish. Um but I, I didn't want it to be my degree electives. You're totally right. I agree, dear. Anyways, I'll let you go because I know you wanted to see the adults. Okay. Good All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you, lady. Barry. Ah, uh, that sounds, you know, she, uh, I think uh, Lady Letter Carrier has a, uh, a lust for life, right? She's adventurous and super fun. Lady, says Robo. Yes, and that Chicago accent, isn't that fun? I'm told, 
I'm told that I have lost my uh, Chicago accent. I'm here in the Cincinnati area, and my friends tell me, I, you don't sound like you're from Chicago. It's weird. Anyway, listen, thank you for spending another morning with me. I apologize for any uh, controversy from the mailbag or any uh, any any answers. I, I, I did not mean to offend anyone. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, anyway, skedaddle, isn't that a fun term, Georgie? Yes. If you're saying it like a Chicagoite, it's skedaddle, right? And when I need to take a leak, I go to the Munn's bathroom. If I'm out and about. Okay, listen, everybody, I love you and I like you. You're all good people. Thank you for being a part of my life. Like a quick storm, lady swept through that call like a flash hurricane. That's right. She was in and out. Very respectful. She knows I have shit to do. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank you for spending time with me. Tomorrow we'll be on Twitch, right? Tomorrow's Wednesday morning, right? I'll see you same bat time, different bat place. See you on Twitch until we meet again. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. And I want to remind you guys, don't take any shit from anybody, okay? All right. Love you. See you tomorrow. Bye.